Strap on your headphones, nerdlingers, because it's time to get your geek on. Who's got the latest? Who's got the greatest? Who puts dog thoughts in your head? Set your compasses north by northwest, ladies and babies. It's time to rhyme in the pines. It's time for 206 Geek! From the shores of the sound. All right, hey everyone, this is Todd. You're listening to 206 Geek. And uh, today is episode 11. I'm, you know, this is, I'm glad I rebooted the podcast, to be honest, because then I'm not like, oh, I'm getting up, I should do something really exciting for this next episode, although I should do exciting things for the episode, because, you know, I want you guys to enjoy yourself and whatnot, but um, I think the reboot was allowed me to kind of release any of the preconceived ideas I had for doing the podcast the way I was doing it, although I, it really hasn't changed that much, but in my head I was like having to do all these things and had there was a I had a timeline and I and I had to do it in a certain amount of time and I was you know it was making myself miserable so anyways I'm glad I I'm glad I started over and kind of tried to be more relaxed in how I do the show and and not drone on about this is what I seen on the internet I didn't want to turn into Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh um <laughs> I feel great um, but yeah, it's, you know, this week I'm actually, I'm going to do something different. I have, I was talking to someone a few months back and I was like, you know, this would be cool to do this kind of thing. And I actually wanted to do it on like a YouTube channel, but it's like, you know what? Screw that. Um, there's people have been having problems with YouTube. You know, if you, if you're, you, if you were able to monetize your stuff, they took it away. If you didn't get X number of viewers and whatnot, so the monetization I had on one of my channels got taken away because I wasn't actively using it, and I wasn't getting so many hits per day kind of thing, so, yeah, whatever, um, so, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about today, I have, I have some things on my Feedly list, on my read for, read later list on Feedly.com, uh, if you're not familiar with what Feedly is, Feedly is a online RSS feed reader and allows you to um, subscribe to various blogs and websites that you like going to and you can read them all in one place so instead of having to go to comingsoon.com and then going to Geeks Are Sexy and then going to the Nerdist and then you know to whatever other other websites you like to go to um, comingsoon.net is one and it ain't it cool news Kotaku, uh, latinoreview.com, which is also a great site. Screen Screen Rant is one I usually get stories from as well. But I have um, on uh, Feedly, I'm a, I'm able to subscribe to all those to to my Feedly account. So when new things are posted, they're all in the same place. I don't have to go to each individual websites to read the different stories. So that's kind of cool, right? And because it is a because it is an RSS reader, you can also have podcasts on there too. So if you're at home and want to listen to a podcast, but don't necessarily want to drain the battery of your your phone or your tablet or whatever you use to listen to your podcasts, you can do it through Feedly, and Feedly will allow you to listen to your podcast right through your computer, which is cool, right? Um, so a few things I want to talk about last week was the the uh the supernatural Scooby Doo crossover called um Scooby Natural. 
it was actually a really, really, really good episode. Um, <laughs> it was really funny because Dean and Sam knew they were in the Scooby Doo universe. They, they, they. <laughs> uh, there was um, there was a couple scenes where where uh, Dean was hitting on Daphne, and she was completely clueless. <laughs> was not aware he was flirting. Yeah, it was really, really funny. Um, and I was hoping to see the voice actors in the live action sequences as like other characters or maybe in the background. Nah, no such luck. Um, so, no, it was actually really good. I hope they do that again. Or at the very least, I would love to see a more hardcore version of Scooby-Doo. Because... There was a lot. There was a lot of violence in this episode, and it was. And it was. Well, the reason why I'm laughing is because how traumatized everyone was when they realized ghosts were real, and demons were real in in this universe, and it was really really funny. At one point, and uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Dean and and Sam actually kind of had to backstep a bit and go. You know, you guys are right. The <laughs> that that was not a real ghost, and they had the ghost pretend to be a real person so they could take the mask off and stuff. So that was that was really funny. I really enjoyed that episode. If you haven't seen it, you should be able to find it on 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 demand or the. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to remember what network um, Supernatural's on. I think Supernatural's on the CW, so you should be able to watch it on the CW app. If all else fails, do a Google search for Supernatural. You can find out what network it's on, and they, then they have it. They have an app for every network out there, so you can go and watch that episode. Shouldn't cost you anything. Or if you have Hulu, then you can watch it on Hulu because it should be on there now. Um, if you don't have Hulu, if you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com/206geek, that first post, the one that is that is pinned at the top is a link that I posted to allow you guys to have a 30-day free trial. And uh for every person who signs up, I get a little I I get a little uh I I don't I get something off of my bill basically, you know, and it helps me out. So, and it, it helps you out. You get to check out Hulu for free for 30 days. Allow you to, to binge watch your favorite TV show, get caught up on the ones you've missed that aren't on your DVR at home. Or whatever. I've been binge watching Stargate SG One, and after I'm done watching that, I'm gonna binge watch Stargate Atlantis, and then I'm prob I'm gonna probably also give Stargate Universe another try. I I I really got about five episodes in when it first aired, and then I kind of lost interest. But I'm gonna give it another shot after I'm done binge watching the other two shows. And uh, Stargate Atlantis has Jason Momoa on it. That's the first time I ever saw that dude. And he's, he plays a pretty badass, pretty cool badass in that show. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, check that out. Um, just go to the, the Facebook page and click the link and follow the steps, and you'll be able to uh, I'm gonna go ahead and share this. Next thing I'm going to talk about is there's a – pull this up. Let's see what it says. It says cosplay – Cosplay for a good cause is what it says here. This is something that was posted on uh, Kotaku.com. And it was, it says, uh, 
It says, uh, here we go. Cap for Kids are a group of cosplayers who travel the country. Hold on. I've got to disable my pop-up blocker because I'm getting... I'm getting little warnings saying, hey, man, I see you have a pop-up blocker. Why don't you disable it, man? Kind of thing. Anyways, um, it says, Cap for Kids is a group of cosplayers that travel the country dressed as characters like Black Widow, Hawkeye, Captain America, where most would simply be doing this for fun. They're doing it for... They're doing it with something else in mind. Helping, uh, Helping sick kids and the families who are caring for them. Launched in 2015, the group are based in Colorado and specialize in hospital visits for uh, children battling cancer. We are, and it says here, we are primarily spo- uh, sponsored low-income families that have kids who are currently undergoing cancer treatment. Co-founder Rebecca Daniels tells Kotaku, uh, we help each each family we, we sponsor up to ten thousand dollars with. Everything from mortgage, medical bills, car payments, whatever they need, and whatever will alleviate some of their financial stress. That's really cool. There's a picture here of uh, of her as I think I'm assuming this is her of as um, as Black Widow and uh, guy dressed up as as Captain America. These are actually some pretty cool costumes, man. I think there's also a group locally that, in Seattle area that does this as well. Um, but this is something that came up on my on my feed here. I'm going to go ahead and share this on the Facebook page so you guys can see it for yourself. Let's see here. Uh, uh, uh. There we go. Posting now. There we go. So yeah, if you want to read the rest of that article, go ahead and go ahead and check it out on on uh, social media. It will be both on on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, it's called "Cosplay for a Good Cause," for a very good cause. You know, it's that's cool, man. I I really I really think it's awesome that uh, people who who do cosplay. I mean, I don't even go as far as saying the professional, um, but they're not. I mean, these are these are passionate fans who love these things and want to want to look like their favorite superhero and I think that's really cool. I would love to be able to do that myself, but currently my my physique isn't isn't um isn't what it should be to be able to play the, the, or cosplay as the, the characters I would like to. I don't want to be the fat version of anything. So <laughs> right? So yeah. So let's see what else we got here. It looks like it says John Krasinski would like to be up for Fantastic Four reboot. You know what? I think it would be cool to see um, Fantastic Four come back. And now that Fantastic Four, X-Men, pretty much all the Fox um, Fox versions of the Marvel Universe are now kind of under the umbrella of Disney again. Uh, or not again, but now under the umbrella of Disney. They're also in the same thing as, as Marvel. So at some point, I would imagine Mar- the Marvel Cinema, or Marvel Studios, rather, will uh, will pull those those characters back into the... M- or pull them into the MCU. Because they were a different part of the MCU, right? So now they will be, right? I'm hoping, anyway. 
that would be awesome. And you know what? Uh, with how great um, the the uh, Marvel universe has has been going, as far as um, Marvel Studios doing it, they've been doing great. They they the last Spider-Man movie was was awesome. I think the biggest reason why that movie did so well, there wasn't an origin story involved. We already know the origin. We didn't. We we could skip that part, and it, it went straight to. He's been doing it for a few months, and he already has a suit. He's got it mostly figured out. Yeah, so that's awesome. You know, we skipped all the bullshit and went straight for the for the action, and then we could see him again in uh, Infinity War, which is coming out. You know, in the next few months, I think, and. Uh, at the top of my head, I can't remember when it's happening. I just know it's happening soon in the, this year, sometime this year, in the next month or two, or maybe the next four months, whatever it is, it's coming, and I'm excited. I've I've seen the most recent trailer for that. That looked awesome. Um, uh, I don't know. I did a I did I did a uh, Stardust re, uh, reaction to Ready Player One. I went and saw that last Thursday. That movie, oh my god. Okay, I didn't have any expectation for this movie. Other than what I saw from the trailer, which was, um, there was, I saw a reference of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. I saw, I saw, you know, uh, the Iron Giant, and, and I saw, what else did I see? I think I saw, well, I saw a few things, but right now my mind is escaping, is 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 playing tricks on me as far as remembering stuff. Um, so, but when I finally saw the movie, I saw all this really cool stuff, and I don't want to give away anything, you know. I want you guys to go see it, and you know, if you've read the book, chances are there are going to be differences, and you might not like it. And what I suggest is don't go in expecting anything. Have low expectations, if anything. Don't expect it to be any good. You might be pleasantly surprised. If you analyze the shit out of it, you're going to not like it. Um, and and that's just... Okay, if, if if you're a filmmaker and or you're a film student, you might be a little critical of it, I think. But if you're just a moviegoer like myself who goes to escape reality uh, for a few hours... Um, it's a great movie. I'm going to buy this movie. That's how good that's how much I enjoyed it, you know. I'm going to buy this movie when it comes out. And I've never read the book. In fact, at some point I think I'm going to get the I'm going to get the audiobook. I'm going to listen to it and uh and see if it's how much different it is. If you know what, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be better in a lot of ways. You know, they're going to have sequences or things in there that that weren't in the movie, in the motion picture. But let's let's look at it like this. It is a Steven Spielberg movie. Have you ever seen a Steven Spielberg movie that you did not like? Okay. Minus Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I know a lot of people hated that movie. That wasn't his fault though, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it's the director's fault. That movie I liked it for what it was. Okay. I did see the things that people hated about it, and like, okay, yeah, I can see, under, I can understand why you don't like it. But um, aliens really aren't that much more out there than glowing rocks, and uh, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, the Cup of Christ. Those are all things that you know we don't know if 
we certainly don't know of any glowing rocks that have magical powers. We've never seen the cup of Christ, and we've never seen the Ark of the Covenant. We don't know if they, if they truly, really existed, other than the fact that they were in the Bible. Okay. So in that regard, that that is not much different than aliens. A lot of people have never seen aliens. A lot of people don't believe in aliens. You know. I think the execution on that movie was could have been better, but I didn't didn't dislike the story to the point of like, oh that movie's terrible, don't watch it. I suggest watching it at least once. And then kind of making a decision on it. I, there was a lot of scenes in that movie that were that I thought were really really cool. And then some of the scenes that I was like, okay, that could have been better. But overall, you know, I was entertained. That's the important part of going to see a movies. Were you entertained? Never mind the, the the nitpicky bullshit that you know people tend to go after. Were you entertained? Did it take you out of the movie so much that you were like, oh my god, that, were you obsessing over that one thing the whole movie, or did you kind of like, okay, that's stupid, and kept watching? That's kind of how I am. I go, that, that's fucking stupid, you know? But I don't let it ruin it for me. At least I try not to, anyway. I used to get really upset <laughs> at how terrible some movies were, and then I realized that I was ruining the experience for myself, Getting freaked out over things like that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know why I started ranting about that. I think oh, I was talking about John Krasinski wanting to, to be part of uh, Fantastic Four if they did a reboot. You know what? I think he would... I'm looking at a picture of him from a... I don't know what movie this is from. But he could probably be Mr. Fantastic. I would even say he could probably even be Johnny Storm. Um... So, yeah, no, I think that'd be cool. I'll go ahead and uh, Facebook this or social media, whatever. Let's see here. All right. So, oh, and today being Tuesday, uh, episode three of Roseanne is going to be on. I actually enjoyed. Um, episode two from last week. Didn't really care much for episode one um, because most of it was Roseanne going on. A, it just it's, it seemed like every other scene was him, her complaining about um, politics and and being all pro Bush or excuse me, <laughs> pro Trump. I don't know how I did that. In everything that's happened in this last year, Bush would have been W even wouldn't have been as bad. So, and I hated I hated I hated both bushes, honestly. But we're not going to talk about politics. That's not what my podcast is about. All right. So, let's see here. Um so I talked about that and I talked about that and I talked about that. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh Well, it looks like pretty much every um, CW Arrowverse show got a renewal. Let's take a peek and see what it says here. Uh, 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 come on, open. There we go. Gosh. 
And it's, as it's loading up here, here we go. Arrowverse and Black Lightning Stars react to the CW's 2018 to 2019 renewals. And it says here, today is a good day for for the fans and casts of the CW's DC Comics inspired superhero shows. The network has announced its renewals today with a large swath of its programming coming back next year. Today's renewals mean that Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Black Lightning all are returning along with many of the network's other programs, including Riverdale. You know, that's great because I like all of those shows. Um, Supernatural, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jane the Virgin, and Dynasty. The only DC-inspired series not included in the announcement was iZombie, whose fate won't be determined for a few more months. You know, God, I really hope they don't cancel that show. I actually really like iZombie, although this season has been a bit weird with um, New Seattle. In the show, basically, um, there was a zombie outbreak, and they have Seattle walled in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's been a weird it's been a weird season, but I've been enjoying it. So, yeah, um, so that's cool. Let's see, does it have any any? Uh, it doesn't have any release dates, does it? No, this is basically it's like all their Twitter responses to. Oh my God, I get to work again next year. Um. There's there's a Twitter video from uh, Danielle Pennebaker, who was is Caitlin Snow slash Killer Frost on the Flash and Arrowverse, and then uh, let's see, and then we got uh, a Twitter response from Tyler Lee, who plays Alex Danvers on Supergirl. She's yes. Hashtag Supergirl Season 4. I am so grateful for another year of the Denver Sisters. An honor to be to represent our LGBTQ community through the heart and soul of Alex Danvers. Thank you. At, Super, at the CW Supergirl and at DC Comics. And at Warner Brothers TV. Cheers, friends. That's really cool, man. Actually, I... I, I I was sad to see um, her love interest go, but hopefully we'll we'll uh, that won't be um, the end of you know things happening with Alex because Alex is a cool character and I don't want to see yeah well you know let's see here and yeah so you know what I'll do I'm not gonna read all of these because there's so many of these tweets and videos and and yeah. I'll go ahead and share this on on social media so you guys can check it out for yourself. And move on to the next thing. You know what I'll do is actually, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I wanted to try a new segment. And um, I think I'm going to play that for you now. And it's basically um, one of the things I like doing when I'm bored is I like to go on to um, the YouTube rabbit hole, as I call it. Basically, I'll start. I'll go into YouTube and I'll do a search for just random things, and 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 because of the types of videos I normally watch, a lot of times in the hey, you should check this out, I usually get suggestions for conspiracy theory videos. So this new segment is basically going to be of me talking about and playing some clips from these videos. 
So this is the one I recorded um, this last weekend. So check this out. You've got black helicopters coming across the border. Puppet masters for the new world order. Be aware. There's always someone that's watching you. And still the All right. Now it's time for our the new segment on the podcast where I, I share some of my some of the my favorite uh, YouTube conspiracy videos. And this one, um, this one is uh I think this is this is a good one for this weekend, being that it's Easter weekend. It's a very religious holiday for a lot of people, and uh, maybe maybe Easter will be on this. I haven't watched this video yet. I'm going to be listening to it along with you guys. I don't think I'll play all ten conspiracies because it's a ten minute video. I'll play like the first five, and then if you want to see or hear the last five, you can. I'll be sharing this video on the on the uh, Facebook page and you'll be able to check it out there and if you like the video please go ahead and subscribe to that guy's channel because I'm sure he'll have more videos to share um, so here is 10 strangest biblical conspiracy theories these are the 10 strangest biblical conspiracy theories number 10 Jesus had a wife in 2012, Harvard University biblical scholar Dr. Karen King discovered an ancient text revealing the Son of God had been a happily married man. The text was written on an ancient scrap of papyrus. When Jesus refers to Mary Magdalene, the text states, Jesus said to them, My wife. Karen King believes this confirms their relationship was much steamier than claimed by mainstream religious scholars. Dating techniques suggest the papyrus and the text on it were created centuries after Jesus' death on the cross. King herself now admits it could be a forgery. The Gnostic Gospels, for example, describe Mary Magdalene as Jesus' companion and partner, so this theory is still open to debate. Number 9. Christianity was invented to crush the poor. Potentially the most groundbreaking conspiracy of all is a theory that states Jesus never existed. The theory says the entire Christian religion was invented by the Roman government to stop rebellion. Even though many Roman emperors tried to purge Christianity from the world, religious scholar Joseph Atwell believes that the story of Jesus Christ was invented as a system of mind control to enslave the poor. He believes that the religion was a propaganda exercise used by the Roman Empire to quell discontent. For instance, the biblical messiah says citizens will reach heaven if they behave peacefully and pay their taxes. This made him the perfect device for the Roman Empire to ensure citizens' obedience. In a similar line of thought, University of Southern California philosopher Professor Geddes McGregor says the concept of heaven was invented centuries after the religion was born. McGregor says the religion originally preached reincarnation, but added to the idea of an afterlife in order to keep people in the faith. Number 8. The Jesus Bloodline If Jesus was a happily married man, the possibility of him having children is hardly outrageous. And Lawrence Okay, this this is one of those ones. This is one of the ones that I actually um, I like this this one here because uh, it's one of the things that was used in that movie, The Da Vinci Code, and I really liked that movie. I, I liked all the concepts in the movie. I, I liked how the um, 
I don't know. I just I like I liked how it uh, it shook up a pre-existing belief system, but not in at least I don't think it was in, in a bad way. My mom, however, she was she was raised Catholic, and uh, she I guess was reading the Da Vinci Code book, and she got to the part she got up into the part where it it, it presented this this conspiracy that 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 Mary Magdalene was Jesus's wife and partner um, because she was raised to believe that Mary Magdalene was, she was basically a whore. She was a, you know, but yeah, now that was a huge no, no for her. She absolutely refused to read the rest of the book. She thought the book was um, trying to pass off. It's, it, it was trying to pass itself off as, as nonfiction. And I don't think it was, but she felt it, it did. Because it it this the the book, uh, and probably even the movie, the you know it presented factual things along with non-factual things, fiction and non-fiction, in the story. So it used real places and real things with things that were just you know conspiracies or assumptions, and she did not like that. I don't know. I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie enough that I actually purchase the audio book and listen to it uh i try reading it and and you know add kicks in about five pages in or actually probably less than that it's probably like two pages in and then i start to get really you know what else am i going to? yeah so here's the rest of that sorry about this i just i wanted to talk about that gardener says that jesus had a daughter named tamar who married saint paul they went on to have two children together the family supposedly begat a dynasty of British kings, which included King Arthur and two of his legendary knights of the Round Table, Lancelot and Galahad. Not everyone agrees King Arthur existed, but many like to believe he searched for the Holy Grail. However, Michael Bajant, Richard Lee and Henry Lincoln argue that Jesus' bloodline itself is the Holy Grail. But without more information we may never know. As New York Times bestselling author Richard Poe says, at least a dozen blood relatives of Jesus can be identified by name. Could any of these have living descendants today? Written records provide some clues, but other research methods are needed. Number 7. The Tower of Babel was an alien weapon. In the book of Genesis, the Tower of Babel is a huge structure that humans built in an act of rebellion to try to reach heaven. The Bible says that God put an end to this plan by destroying the tower and scattering mankind around the world. But conspiracy theorist Eliza Ben David believes the tower was part of a deadly confrontation between God and man. Ben David says the tower was not a route to heaven. It was actually a rocket-mounted hydrogen bomb built by ancient aliens and left on Earth for humans to discover. Early humans might have used it to fight off meteorites sent by God through a secret intergalactic portal. Contrary to the theory, the scholarly consensus is that the story of the Tower of Babel is an origin myth, an attempt to explain why there are so many different human cultures and languages. Number 6. The Universe is a Giant Computer This theory involves the very words of the Bible. Some believe that the holy text is actually a highly complex code devised by God. To be precise, it is an ancient computer program. 
The theory claims that God wrote the program with an inbuilt time lock, which prevented its secrets from being deciphered for at least 2,000 years. Whoever unlocks the code will have access to divine truths about the universe. This essentially means that the universe is a huge computer that only the Bible can navigate. In a more spiritual way, many Christians might agree. Number 5. A nuclear bomb wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. In the biblical tale, the ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by God due to the horrifying list of sins committed by their inhabitants. These included mob violence, rape, and cruel mistreatment of the sick and vulnerable. But conspiracy theorists believe the cities were the site of a civil war between ancient aliens. They believe the cities were destroyed by extraterrestrial nuclear weapons. The Bible states that the only man to survive these cities was called Lot. But the theory suggests he was actually an alien spy who was only saved because his otherworldly masters instructed him to escape the strike zone before the attacks. The impact of the blast allegedly caused the region's famous aridity and the saltiness of the Dead Sea. Number four. All right, I'm not gonna play all of them. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this to the Facebook page, and you'll be able to see four. Uh, yeah, so that was the last, the last, uh, well, the last of them, anyways. <laughs> For a second there, my brain decided, yeah, you can't count how many are left. I think there's four left, so I already played more than I planned on. I played one more than I planned. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and share this on the Facebook page. If you're so inclined to watch the rest, if you're not uh, uh, insulted by it or or you're you're intrigued by the rest of this, video i'm going to share it on the facebook page and you can check it out for yourself and if like i said before if you enjoy the video and you want to see more videos from this this channel su subscribe to that guy's channel show show him some support let them know that the two assist geek podcast sent you their way and uh, i'm sharing this right now so yeah that's uh that's the new the new bit that i'm going to be doing um uh, I'm going to be sharing clips from conspiracy theory videos. I don't necessarily believe any of the things you you hear on these videos, um, but I, I think they're different and I think they're interesting and uh, makes you kind of wonder and, you know, it also makes you shake your head because some of the conspiracies that, that come up are ridiculous and others are like, whoa, this is like straight out of the Matrix type stuff. Uh, and, you know, and... And that's kind of why I like it. That's part of the reason why I like watching Ancient Aliens, to be honest with you. Because it's a lot of conspiracy theories, you know. So, yeah. I'm going to be doing that on the sh on the podcast. If you guys enjoy the this conspiracy theory section of the podcast, let me know. Shoot me an email, comments at 2 You can also send me messages through uh, social media. You can direct uh, send me a, a message on Twitter. You can send me a message through Facebook as well. Let me know what you think, um, or if you have, if you found a video that you want me to check out, you can also link me that way. Um, so I will check it out and let you guys see what I think about them and play those clips or whatever. All right. Well, next thing I wanted to talk about, and, and this is one of those uh, one of those things I found on my feedly list. On this was posted on ScreenRant.com. Uh, Ten comic book movie stars who are sweethearts. And ten who aren't. 
Now, makes you wonder um, how how cool some actors are, and if they are cool to begin with. You know, you get to meet some of these people at conventions, and then some of them you don't. And the, the reason why you don't is probably because they just they did it for a paycheck. They don't give a damn. <laughs> you know. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be pigeonholed into this stupid thing kind of attitude. And um although there have been people who've been like that who do do who do go out and do uh um you know, conventions and stuff. I mean Shatner is in his eighties now and he still goes to conventions, although you you'll pay a pretty penny to meet the guy. But uh yeah, so this is this is what it says here. In recent years, Hollywood has come to rely heavily on comic books in order to find movie ideas. With more and more movies based on comics coming out each year, the list of celebrities have that have played big part in in this kind of project is immense. As 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 in pretty much all professions, there are movie stars that appear to be marvelous people, and others that de- that we definitely wouldn't describe that way. For this reason, we started to wonder about the kind of people these movie stars were. In order for someone to end up on this list, they first had, and first and foremost, need to have played a major role in a movie based on a comic book or graphic novel. We do not want to to make it. Ex- uh, we we do want to make it explicitly clear that we in in no way limited ourselves to the superhero genre. The person in question has to appear to be a really has to be has to be a really great person or has or as someone that has is anything but. Of course we don't know any of the people included on this list personally. So we are relying on publicly available information about these, those included here. To shed some light on on the issue, we put together this list of of ten comic book movie stars who are sweethearts and ten who aren't. Number twenty, George Clooney from Batman and Robin. He's a sweetheart. Says George Clooney could could be seen as a Hollywood throwback, considering uh, his classic good looks and his men's men's men aura. We're uh, confident that his career will pass the test of time. Best known for taking the lead role in movies like Ocean's uh, the Ocean's franchise, as well as Out of Sight, Up in the Air, and many more. He has a great track record, but unfortunately has also appeared in some real stinkers. And it says here, uh, his inclusion on this list is due to him starring in Batman and Robin. He felt, he felt, he, he felt as though the movie wasn't as good as he wanted it to be and has even offered money to those that paid to see the, the movie. <laughs> Well known for his love of pranks, he has accumulated many of uh, he has accumulated many of those friends. Despite that, 
And uh, even though he's a massive star, he's renowned for being kind to his fans. That's really cool. And you know, I've heard him say that about uh, being apologetic about Batman Robin, and I don't blame George Clooney one bit for that movie. Uh, I, I think it really has everything to do with the director. Uh, that movie could have been so much cooler had it not been made to be so campy. Um, we didn't... When Tim Burton started that series of movies, it was dark, and that's why we liked it. Um, he took away the dark element of those movies when Schumacher took over. And it's not Clooney's fault that those movies were as bad as they were. It had everything to do with the, the direction of the movie. Um, and probably, and no, even, I think even the script wasn't that bad. And I don't believe the actors were bad. They were, they were made to act really horrible, <laughs> uh, scenes and, um, uh, in such a way that made them campy. They could, they could have done those, those scenes and not made them campy. So I blame the director, not the actors. Okay. Number 19 on the list is Edward Norton from The Incredible Hulk. And he is listed as Art. He's apparently not a sweetheart. And uh, this is what it says here. It says, Edward Norton cleans up well. Uh, Edward Norton cleans up quite well. He's charismatic and has a long list of stunning performances. Despite all of that, his career has gone through through years during has gone through years during which he seems to be all but gone from the industry. Uh, since he ceases to receive roles, he can... Since he ca- uh, ceases to receive roles, he can sink his teeth into. Instead, he had... He was... He was such a pain to work with uh, that Marvel publicly fired him while pointing out that it had nothing to do with money, reflecting on his soaring reputation or souring reputation. The Independent published a feature about Norton called The Incredible Sulk, detailing his issues on the set of American History X, Frida, and The Italian Job. Yeah, okay, I can kind of see that. Number 18 on the list, um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Ackman. I love that. Um, (laughs) um, The X-Men franchise, and apparently he's a total sweetheart. Um, One of the the movies that helped herald the era of superheroes cinema is the first X-Men movie relied heavily on on an on a then mostly unknown actor who played Wolverine. Thankfully, Hugh Jackman have uh, gave a fantastic performance that brought the violence pro the violent prones. I love it when my brain doesn't want to read properly. That brought the violence prone but fiercely loyal comic book character to life. Um. This is going to play Wolverine in nine separate films over the years, including his cameo roles. We also got to see uh, Jackman play Wolverine during his infamous Berserker rages. However, since Jackman has become such a huge star, we've learned that more. We've learned more about him, and from all the the accounts, playing such an angry character 
must be a stretch for him. Uh, said to be very welcoming of fans and nearly every in nearly every situation, Jackman also gushes about his wife and his co-stars uh, who seem to adore him. Number 17 on the list, um, Jared Leto, DC Extended Universe. Not so much. And I think it's because he's a method actor, he really kind of sunk into the Joker. And, uh, yeah. You've probably seen all the same articles I have about how he he really became the Joker and was kind of a jerk to everybody on the set, if from, from I understand. Or just being really, really, really weird. Um, so number 16 on the list, Chris Evans, the MCU, and apparently he is a total sweetheart. You know, I I I I don't doubt it because this this man is he's known for going to children's hospital dressed as Captain America. How cool is that? Really think about that for a second. Can you imagine your child, you know, in 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 children's hospital getting cancer treatment or whatever else they're in for? And all of a sudden Captain America walks in and it's not just a random guy dressed up in cosplay. It is the Captain America from the movies. That that's cool. That is cool. Alright. Number fifteen on the list. Um Christian Bale. And you know, we've all heard the uh Oh good for you him going off on that on that poor guy on on the set of a movie. And uh, I guess he's a bit of a hard ass. So, um, although I, I've heard that he felt really bad about you know that happening, and I think the only reason why he felt bad, honestly, was because he got caught. Had he not gotten caught, he wouldn't have. He probably would have never changed. He would have been continuing to be a complete prick to people. You know, everyone has an off day. Just because you have an off day doesn't mean you're not. You know, there's no reason to be that much of a jerk to someone just because you feel like they're being unprofessional. You know, you can you can be you can be angry. You can tell someone, you know, hey, dude, uh, we're you're kind of ruining this shot here. Can you like not be there? Can you go someplace else? You don't have to be a jerk about it. That's just how I feel. You know. Let's see, number fourteen on the list. Tom Hiddleston is apparently a sweetheart, even though he plays Loki, the trickster god. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, he's actually coming to Seattle. He's one of the th- one of the three people that, that uh, one of the three big names that they're going to have at Ace Comic Con in Seattle in, in June. I think in a couple months, so. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. You know, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm trying to think of what move, what month is next, or when the next, when the when a specific month is, how how long how far out it is, I actually have to think about and go January, February, March, all that in my head. I'm kind of sitting there thinking about it. <laughs> I just go, ah, oh, it's just you know. I mean, at least I do that. Maybe you don't. All right. You know what? I'm not gonna read the rest of this list because you know there's still another. 13 left. I'll go ahead and share this. You guys can check out the rest for yourself and find out who the number one uh, person is and if they are or aren't a sweetheart. So I'll go ahead and share that. And 
yeah, let's do this right here. Do, 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 do. I'm going to go ahead and share this on Facebook. You guys can check it out for yourself. The t- ten, tom- 10 comic book movie stars who are sweethearts and the 10 that aren't. All right. So next on the things to talk about for this week. Um, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead. But we got to see a couple things. One, we got to see the soft side of Negan. And it wasn't his underbelly. Although probably should have been, you know. But he was, you got to see him talking about his wife and kids. You know, we got to hear a little history about uh, Lucille. And um, and then there's there's a point in the, in the show where he's driving down the road and he stops and lets in a hitchhiker. Um, and I guess people are freaking out because they, um, they think it might be Carl. I don't know, man. I at least we'll see. I guess. So in in that episode, he he stops. He goes, "If shit could shit, it couldn't look as shitty as you." <laughs> That's what he said to the guy when he opened the door and, and offered to give him a ride. And he didn't. They don't really show who that person is. Um, this is what it says here. It says the mysterious hitchhiker can be can be glimpsed, but just barely riding shotgun. At episode's end, as Negan pulls up to the sanctuary after being presumed killed in action, um, and they and they kind of zoom in on the uh, on the picture of the car, and of course the uh, rearview mirror or the side mirrors are blocking the person's face, so we don't know who it is. Uh, see here it says here it's likely the the MIA Laura the savior with the barcode neck tattoo who could be a little uh, who could be the little birdie that gave Negan his glean, gleeful attitude when he returns to the sanctuary prom, promising all kinds of surprises Laura no Laura knows Dwight is uh, the savior's mole assisting Rick and the uh, the rest. And her return would signal dangerous territory for Dwight, who is caught off guard when Negan shows up alive. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, that episode was uh, all kinds of intense. We also got to see... Um, oh, what's her name? The leader of the the, uh, the people who live in the junkyard, or as, as Chris Hardwick calls them, the heapsters. Uh, she, her... Her uh, her container that she lives in in the junkyard apparently was an immaculate little little tiny home, you know, with all kinds of and there's like uh, wood panels everywhere and it looks really really fancy, you know. It looks like in fact all of the furniture that's inside this looks like it's out of like IKEA and shit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I I I I don't want it to be Carl. Because you know we already mourned Carl's death. You know I don't know if you if you watch it like I do. Then every time someone, one of the main characters dies, it's like you know losing a friend 
well, maybe not that extreme, but you know, it's 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 emotional. I get you know get a little like, oh man, that sucks. I like that character, kind of thing, you know. So I'm gonna go ahead and share this so you guys can read the rest of what it says, and uh, let's see. Go ahead and share that. Let's see here. Hashtag. All right, there we go. That way it will go on to the Facebook page as well as Twitter. There you go. And what else we got? Let's see here. Let's take a look at this one. This one looks like it might be interesting. Star Trek vet, not sure Quentin Tarantino's movie will happen. Let's see, who, which vet, which alum thinks that Tarantino's Trek will never happen? Uh, let's see here. It says here, a few months back, the internet was all set ablaze when it was re really, uh, revealed that not only had filmmaker Quentin Tarantino had an idea for a Star Trek film, but the idea would be carried out to a script from Bad Robot under the supervision of J.J. Abrams. Even more surprisingly, the script turned out well. Tarantino may even be interested in helming this this thing. So all of us. So all of a sudden, we had a strange mix of awesome that we never thought would happen. Uh, but will it actually happen? That's the $10,000 question, isn't it? Nothing sh nothing is a sure thing in, in the business, and Star Trek is no stranger to the long development process, but throw in a Tarantino, throw in Tarantino, rather, and you have an unparalleled recipe for, for mainstream interest. However, not everyone is convinced uh, it would happen. Speaking... At LexCon, the Star Trek The Next Generation actor Jonathan Frakes said, Ooh, Frakes. I'm fascinated by by the possibility of this. I am not convinced that it's going to be a... Re I'm, and I am not convinced that it's going to be real, and I'm not sure that Qu Quentin's uh, gestalt and what he has and what he's known for is quite in the uh, same wheelhouse of what we all we all know Star Trek to be. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I felt when I first heard about it. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to happen because Tarantino's style of movies are way more violent than Star Trek. Star Trek doesn't generally have any real violence. I mean, if anything, it's people being hit with a phaser and they get knocked out or or if they get hit with a phaser they disappear entirely there's no blood and guts in Star Trek and I suspect that there would be a lot of it if Tarantino had anything to do with it so and you know what I'm going to go ahead like I, I I think I already well no I haven't shared this one I'm going to go ahead and share this one on social media so you guys can you can check it out yourself and uh, and read the whole article I just read that clip there and you Called it good. Let's see here. There we go. Share that. 
And uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. We've been doing this for an hour, almost an hour. You know what? Maybe I'll do one, one more here. One more story. Let's see what this says here. Avengers Infinity War gets a Friends intro trailer. Alrighty then. You know what I'm going to do? Instead of actually playing it here, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and share this on on social media. Because I'm pretty sure it's going to be have the I'll be there for you, that song through the whole thing. Because you're not really going to see anything through the podcast. So I'll, I'll go ahead and link you guys on social media so you can check it out for yourself. And I'm sure it will be pretty hilarious. Um, this is what it says here on the on the comicbook.com article. It says, the Avengers Infinity War opens later this month with the Marvel Cinematic Universe film seeing the heroes of Earth team up with the Guardians of the Galaxy to face the threat of Thanos. It's a, a serious task, but what if Avengers Infinity War were a sitcom instead of Instead, like friends. All right. So that's that's the first paragraph there for this article about the Friends Infinity War uh, trailer. So I'm going to go ahead and, sh- and share this so you guys can check it out. And uh, let's see here. There we go. Go ahead and post that so you guys can check it out for yourself hope you guys had a great uh, Easter weekend April Fool's Day was also Easter and if you're in the Seattle area you probably went to one of two conventions Norwest Con or Sakura Con if you went to either con and you have photos feel free to share them on the Tulsa's Geek um, fan page our fan group you can find uh, the that in the on the fan page or in the to us geek page on uh, Facebook page. If you go down to groups and click on that, you can you can post them in there, or you can send them to me directly, and I'll post them on the on the to us geek page. I would like to see some photos of cosplays and and whatever you thought was cool at the convention, and you want to share it with us. So, until next time, I've been Todd, your host. Enjoy your the rest of your day. Talk to you guys later. Or TMG. You're a 206 geek, a 206 geek. If you're hitting up a barcade, spending all your weeks, you're a 206 geek, a 206 geek. If you're addicted to the novelties at Archie McPhee, you're a 206 geek, a 206 geek. If you enjoy some pipe smoke on a duck truck boat, you're a 206 geek, a 206 geek. If you get your fandom on at half a dozen cons, you're a 206 geek, a 206 geek. If you're dropping your income, turning troll and car kingdom, you're a 206 geek, a 206 geek.